Hello and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. My name is Jason Sroden, and today I am jo- joined by Sebastian and God, Sebastian. I I I read your <laughs> name Chamaka, but I know that that's wrong. <laughs> you always got it right. It's Chamaka. Chamaka, Sebastian yeah. Chamaka, uh, Sebastian, and I are going to chat today. We're doing a series uh, to get to know the people who work at ECG and our team members. And um, Seb, as we call him, is relatively new to the team. I think it's been a year and a half. It's going to be a year and a half in July. I okay. Think. Yeah. Since we, since I officially got hired, because we started about uh, six months before that. So total about two years. So almost. Wow. Time flies. Time flies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Seb, let, let's kind of start with, you know, what do you do at ECG Productions? So that one has always been a little bit of a hard question to answer, uh, just because I, I like to make myself useful. And when I came in, uh, I came in as a recording arts graduate. I was coming out of audio school and I had a lot of experience with uh, post-production so I decided to head into the film world. I had a bunch of film friends, so we all moved to Atlanta, basically. Um, so I, I started from the audio world, but then I picked up cameras. So I kind of have a little bit of both worlds in terms of like workflow. I get to uh, touch projects pretty much from the moment that they're conceptualized to when it's being finalized, like the final export version, uh, I end up handling a lot of that sometimes. Uh, I don't do a lot of sound design nowadays. I mostly focus on video editing and shooting, but that's kind of where I'm at. I just kind of wear whatever hats uh, somebody might need me to, to wear. Yeah, basically, Sebastian is um, another ECG Swiss Army knife, um, and mm-hmm. he does amazing creative work. As soon, um, I, let, let's walk through how you got, how we met and kind of your story in terms of, you know, where you, where you're originally from and, uh, how you ended sure. up with us. Sure. So I, I have been into music for as long as I can remember. Like I remember growing up, I was a very musical kid and thankfully my parents, uh, you know, catered to that. They, they helped me out with that and they, you know, I was offered the opportunity after meeting somebody that I like esteem highly uh, in my country, like within the area of music. He told me that if I wanted to pursue a career in this, then going to the States was pretty much a must. And if I was going to do that, then Full Sail University was a great way to go. So I, that, that's where I started. I, I went there, uh, was there in Orlando for two years studying uh, recording arts. I, I, wanted, I originally wanted to be a studio engineer and, and have my studio and work with bands and stuff like that. But then I realized that Working with bands suck, and I don't want to do it for anybody else that's not me. So that's when I kind of started dwelling into post-production. I was hanging out with a lot of film kids. Um, and that's during school was when I got the chance to work on my first uh, post-production work, which was an actual full-feature movie, which uh, one of my newly met friends was making. Like He was literally in the process of making a movie at 19, uh, that was his whole thing. He just wanted to, to be a really young director and he was pulling it off. Basically, uh, my girlfriend at the time was cutting it. So eventually it fell on me to do the audio post and I ended up doing it throughout the entire movie. So that was an excruciating three months. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I learned a lot in the process and that 
also open the possibility to intern at Full Sail's uh, dubbing stage, which is uh, basically a gigantic movie theater where you mix movies. Uh, so I got to intern there and I got to meet some really fucking cool people. Uh, I got to work with the sound designer who did uh, a lot of the work for Planet Earth. I got to show my uh, my showreel during Hall of Fame week, which is something that we do at that school. You know, all the notorious alumni show up and you get to show them shit. So we, uh, I showed them my reel, and I got some pretty glowing reviews from the dude that mixes Christopher Nolan's movies, uh, the the dude that owns the like the biggest sound library in the world, one of the guys that does sound design for the Guns and Call of Duty, like. I, I managed to get my my work shown to some people that eventually, like, it erased any doubt that I had that I could do this. Because if these people were telling me that I was doing an okay job, then I, I thought that I had a handle on it. So uh, after after three months, which was, that, that was in Florida, so I was interning for three months, uh, I... I saw, again, that a lot of my friends were moving up here to Atlanta, and I saw that there was a lot of post-production houses. So I decided to try my luck, and I moved here. And after, you know, about three months of nothing, pretty much, I eventually ended up landing an internship with you guys, and that's pretty much how it started. Yeah, how did that, how, how did that happen? How did you end up with us? And so I... Like, were you out interviewing at a bunch of places? What happens? I was for a while. I, I did a lot of research before I even moved, and ECG was one of the first uh, places I found actually because of the website because it ranks so high up. And I, it was you know, it was pinned. I sent a couple of emails before I moved, but nothing, nothing came back. Uh, and you then sent emails to us. Yeah, but that was like that was like months before I even moved to Atlanta. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think I even mentioned that I was like thinking of moving. Like I don't, it wasn't very dead set. But once I, I moved here, I, you know, we started shopping places around and ECG was, I think, it, ECG was one of the first places we went to and definitely one we felt most welcome to. I actually, I reached out to Joe over Twitter uh, and, and DM'd him basically, like asking him if you guys needed any uh, sound engineers or whatever. And he said that uh, he was happy to give us a tour of the place. So a lesson I toured the place uh, like that week. And I think everybody else was out uh, like in San Diego at the time. So I didn't get to meet a lot of people, but I did get to see the place. We both loved it. And we decided that it was, you know, a, a good place to start. And little did we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. And where are you from originally? I am from Chile, born and raised. And so, um, but we were able to get, uh, is it a visa or is it a green card for you? For me, it's a visa. It's a work visa. So because I'm a citizen of Chile and because of the free trade agreement that we have right now, there's actually a, an addendum to the work visa that everybody gets. That's a lot easier to get. So for me, the process was a lot simpler. Uh, so for me, it's a visa. Uh, and for Alessia, we're working on the green card right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. We got to marry him off. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of, you know, you, you were born in Chile. Where in Chile? So I was born. Yeah, I, I guess I skipped that whole part before I jumped into like the <laughs> to Orlando. But um, so I was born and raised in Santiago, Chile. Uh, it's a country in Latin America for those who don't know. And I, so that means my first language is English and I didn't, Moved to the States until I was 19. So I, I've only really been living in the States for about 
I think it's going to be four years now. Wait, and, your first language is English? No, no, no. My first language is Spanish. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And you didn't know English until you were 19? I did. I I grew up. Um, I was. I was. I, I've always been a big fan of American culture, so I grew up watching movies and cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, and then at some point, because I was pirating games, and movies, and shit like that, I couldn't change the language. So I kind of started having to learn English just because I couldn't like find the movies in Spanish. And then eventually, I got more used to it, and I realized that dubs are a thing, and that, that they're terrible, and that it's always better to have the original audio, and you know that kind of like snowballed a little bit into the whole post world but that's uh i'm watching money heist right now dub oh nice uh and i don't like that it's dubbed but like it's way easier for me to stay locked into it great great show by the way if i i recommend you try giving one episode a shot in spanish i don't know if you have already but it's just it's intense dude it's way better right it's it's just the the their person. I feel like their personalities come across a lot, lot better. Yeah, yeah. That's that's always lost on dubbing. It's almost like robots talking. Um, mm-hmm. What's your most impactful childhood memory? So when I was about ten years old, and and this kind of ties back into this, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, when I was about ten years old, I remember being dead set of being an engineer, and not not an audio engineer, but like a full on uh, like business engineer. For no real reason, I didn't know why. I just knew that being an engineer was like a good profession, and I guess I just wanted to make my parents happy. And I, I like legitimately remember my mom talking to me, being like, "Are you sure you want to work at an office? Like, I just don't, I just don't <laughs> see you doing that." And that, that's literally what snowballed into me being here today. That's that's funny. Hold up. <laughs> did you, did as a kid, did you like think you were going to work in an office? Uh, I, I guess I didn't really think of anything else like i, I it, it's so weird to, like thinking about the way i was thinking when i was growing up it's almost like i was on automaton like i was just going through life and i was just gonna like be a part of society and i wasn't like it never occurred to me to question that until i was about like 13 or 14 but it's so strange to think about how i used to think when i was a kid just because of that <laughs> what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done going out during april 2020 <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, today is April 10th. We are in the middle of a pandemic. So any statements about, uh, being locked in the house, that's why <laughs> going out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty good answer actually. All right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that unless you've got cool. something, uh, um, more dangerous. We've As- had some crazy ones, man. Some people do some crazy shit at ECG. <laughs> I, I feel like the most dangerous shit I've done doesn't didn't come from me wanting to do some dumb shit, but just kind of like I, it just happened and I was unaware. Like I remember one time I was in Panama and I decided to walk back home from the mall to a hotel, which was like two blocks, but I took a wrong turn and then I like ended up in this ghetto and I was scared shitless. Like I thought I was gonna die. I have no reception. I was like fourteen at the time. Like. Oh. That was scary. Yep. I've had an experience like that somewhere too. Um, what's the smartest thing you have ever done? Not be a studio engineer. Oh, why? For sure. For sure. Uh, so I, I, when I was in, in college, I very quickly realized that the people that I, I guess I was trying to become were a bunch of, I, I don't want to sound harsh, but they were a little jaded 
yeah. in that they they were essentially like they were taught an old school way of doing things and they were having a really hard time uh, adapting to, to the newer way of doing things. So I realized that being you know the studio producer that I wanted to be was essentially like aspiring to be a legend of times past. Like nobody lives off of that anymore unless you're a multimillionaire famous producer, and it's just not the way. But it works now. Like you, you work at a studio in your house. Most people have home studios. If you're going to go to a professional studio, it's for like a very specific reason, or because you have the money, which is going away. Because even the artists that have millions of dollars nowadays can record in their houses, so it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's just it's turning into a dying industry for for people that are very specialized in one thing, but that's not necessary anymore. Like you used to need a recording engineer for running all the recording and then a mixing engineer for all the mixing and a mastering engineer and all those positions still exist but nowadays one engineer can do all of that at and right. you know give you a pretty good result it's not going to sound like fucking abbey road every time no but it's going to sound 90% of the way there and i feel like most people don't care if it doesn't sound 100% of the way there at this point anyway like the whole like recording in your house and, and having it be organic and kind of like faulty is part of the charm at this point. I think. No, I so. agree. I agree. It's, it's a little bit more organic. Yeah, um, for sure. It's the cycle we're in. Um, what's your, what, what do you like most about working and being at ECG productions? Um, two things. One that I am given the freedom to, explore my capabilities like i've never i've never encountered any situation where i want to do something or i want to tackle a problem in something that i may not necessarily have a lot of experience with that i've been told that i can't do it like i i love that you guys are always pushing us to like if anything you guys are always like pushing us to do things uh before we're even completely uh you know sure if we can do it ourselves uh which is great because I feel like after a year of that, I'm just like ready for anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm ready at the drop of a hat to jump on shoot. And like whatever problems that may arise, I'm just like at a mode now where I try to solve problems. And and like the moment a problem appears, it's just like, all right, how are we going to solve this and, and keep shooting? Like that, yep. that has helped a lot. And then the second part, which I guess kind of ties back to the other ones, that I feel really useful just because I guess a lot of the skills that I have uh, are related or tangential in some way or another to a lot of the like workflows and processes that we have. So I like that I can integrate in just about any step of the process. And even if I'm not like, even if I don't have a complete handle on what it is that we're talking about, I at least have an idea of how it works so I can like give valuable feedback. And that's, I guess, kind of like a a third thing about it is that I love that I get to go to work and talk to people that are better than me in a lot of fucking things. So that way I can learn so much. Like every time, every time I talk to Seth about animation or he comes up with something, it's like, he blows my mind and I learned something new. He, he'll bring something in that I didn't, hadn't thought about. Uh, like that's, and that happens with just about everybody in the office. So I think that that allows us to just come up with way cooler shit that we would have on our own. And and just build off of yeah, and just build off of each other's like abilities. Absolutely, and I think you know to your point earlier about kind of throwing people in the fire. If you throw <laughs> the right people in the fire, they will come out on top. But and the wrong people will just disappear. 
it automatically <laughs> weeds out. And I think that's one of the the themes that uh, I've uncovered doing these interviews mm-hmm. is that the the common thread is self-starting. You know, pretty much everybody Agreed. is a self-starter. You don't you you can't be at ECG and be somebody who you're like uh you have to manage, you know, people manage mm-hmm. themselves and we work together to create cool shit. So, um, I, I, I really agree with you on that. Um, tell me about from like the ECG experience from the client side and, and, and from an employee side, what, like when you think about the ECG experience for clients mm-hmm. and employees, what do you imagine? So I think that one of my, um, one of the things that struck me the most, uh, for short, when I started working with you guys, and this is having in mind that I do not have a lot of experience with client facing before ECG. I feel like it's worth mentioning. Yep. But with just about every client that has walked in the door with you guys, uh, it's it's always about the experience. Like that that always sticks in my head that, that we're about the experience and not the product, because there is such a a level of like, you guys are so good at getting people comfortable, and I think that it. That, that just like helps us stick out leaps and bounds because we're not just people who make good videos. We're also like really cool people to be with that having to make cool videos. Yep. So <laughs> at, at that point, whenever you need a video, you're not going to go to whoever asshole is like up on his ass about the movie, like the, the, the his vision or whatever. Um, I think that, that we, we do a really good job even like, you know, we push back artistically when we need to, but we do a really good job at making the client feel like they're part of it. They're not just asking us to do it and we're doing it. Like we're actually bringing them along and, and taking their feedback into account and, and making sure that what they're, what they want exposed to being heard. And I think that that's just, it's fundamental in the, in the way that, that we do our business. Like I, I can't think of a client that has come in through the door that's not friendly or that you guys like are not getting along. You guys are always just shooting the shit or having a drink or, you know, just laughing. Like I always hear laughing comments from the partner comments. And I know that there's clients. So that's, it's pretty cool. Uh, what, what are your favorite types of projects? My favorite types of projects, uh, sound design, heavy ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're going to see that folks when, if you're watching the 2020 demo reel, uh, Sebastian's almost done with it. He edited it yep. and did all the sound and the sound is amazing. I mean, the whole thing's great, but I think sure. it's a new approach to, um, sound on the demo reel. It really feels like a movement. Um, so check out the demo reel folks. It's cool. I like it. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, like sound design heavy things are my shit. I think, I think sound design is the one thing where I just like disappear into my head and just not like think about what's happening until it's done. It's just automatic for me. Uh, so that's why, like, I I just love taking on a project and just filling it with shit to make it sound like real. And then, uh, big shoots where I'm cam hopping. So like park mobile where I was using the Ronin and, and there's like, you know, really cool setups and cool camera moves and and stuff like that. And then documentaries, like just going out with a couple of cameras, uh, like you're going to meet this person at this one location and we're going to go around with them. Okay, cool. We go interview them and then who knows what happens. Those are some of my favorite ones. Yeah. What are your biggest pet peeves personally and professionally? Personally, when people don't say please. Um, or, you know, when like they kind of like, you know, just ask for things and not 
and, and like a police voice. Right, right. <laughs> um, right. What, what's that entitled? And then professionally, I mean, I'm tempted to say when something comes out a lot, but I feel like that's everybody. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, okay, I got it. Uh, when a client makes it, like, tries to make it seem as if it was my fault. <laughs> when it was clearly one of their overlooks. Yeah. It, uh, it's easy that, to do that. That's that that fun. Everybody's <laughs> passing the blame. Yeah. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Um, dying and not having done, and like feeling that I haven't done enough. Yep. Um, okay, last question. What is the thing you are most excited about for future Sebastian? I think coming up, uh, especially this year, uh, I'm excited about music that I want to release for like myself, along with a bunch of other artists, including Alessio, my sister, and other friends that I have, as well as really, really cool. Um, I, I want to start diving into DPing more from like a studio standpoint. You know, if we're going to do a shoot like, like Comcast, for instance, I, I want to know what it takes to DP something like that, if that makes sense. I feel like yeah. that's my next step. Being a director uh, of photography of uh, right. a major studio shoot with sets. Yeah, because I feel like I, I still have a hard time calling myself a director of photography just because I, I, I feel like I go around and point a camera at things, which I know is part of it. But again, I I want to I want to be able to get to the point where I'm you know not fully comfortable because you get that, but comfortable with running a set of that scale and and knowing that that I have a handle on like everything that's needed. Now that I, well, I can tell you that that will definitely happen. Sebastian, um, thank you so much. We love having you on the team. Um, since the moment we met, uh, you know, you guys have been so creative and adding so much to the company. So thank you for that. And Sebastian, if people want to get a hold of you or follow you on social media, um, how can they email you and what are your handles? Sure. Uh, my email is going to be sub at ECGProd, just S-E-B, real quick. And then in social, you can find me at sev underscore uf on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So that's your best bet of reaching out to me. Do you have a SoundCloud or anything? I do. It's mixed by Sebastian. You're going to find just stuff that I've made or mixed over the years. Awesome. Sebastian, thank you for being with us. From uh, ECG Productions and the Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin, and we will see you next time. Thank you.